And good morning, Julia. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. I had a fantastic weekend. It was beautiful Saturday and Sunday. Well, part of the day yesterday was nice. And um, then there was art walk on Friday and that was awesome. Yeah, that was like that Friday. That was wonderful. That was what a great event. And I was so happy that I was able to take part in it because, of course, Friday night we were DJing in Finch. And then my very good friend Julia offered to drive me out there after the art walk. And I'm going, yes, I can do both. But <laughs> no, my God, that was wonderful. I'm so glad we didn't miss it. Or, yeah. You know, that I could go because we took my mom. We had to, she had her walker. So uh, we had to race after her. She's 89. <laughs> and she's so moves. funny. Like she's like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my mother. She's 89. Some days she has a hard time walking. Other days, you know, she's got a walking her stick or she, when she's behind a walker, she leaves dust behind her. I can't catch up. I know. So, and it's funny because you're, you're polar opposites. Like, you know, your mom goes and she has a mission. She's going through mm -hmm. this street and that's it. She's not going to yep. stop until she's at the other end. And you just stop at every single little place and you chit chat with everyone you know well because so, that's what funny. we do and we take pictures but see that's i i more take after my dad because my dad was more like me he was you know takes his time smells yeah. roses yeah. chats to people and then my mother was always in front of us like mom is like tapping gone. her tapping her foot looking at her watch <laughs> waiting for us to get there i always it was, it was i always jokingly say you know where are you rushing to like we've got we've got time enjoy it but no she's like we're at the beginning and she's already at the she has end. no time to waste she's 89 years old she has no time to waste like she's <laughs> like exactly yeah. that's gotta be what it is she's gotta be busy doing something every single day but she said her her grandmother my great-grandmother always told her don't waste your days you have mm. to keep busy and that's what she does every, which is awesome every minute is precious anyways exactly. i'm super excited today because we're yeah because we're doing a little bit of a show with a twist to try and get some people coming in to talk to us <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what it was no <laughs> yeah so um we have a different format for for the last um mm -hmm. The last week, is it the last week of the month? Last now? Monday yeah. of every last, month. Last Monday of the month, we're going to bring in two guests that are, are super awesome. They have their own show on Kojiko um, called Men Talk. Men Talk. And it's all about mental health. And so they're going to come uh, on the show with us every Monday and we're going to discuss different topics. But uh, the show, the segment is going to be called Closing the Gap. So basically, we're going to be discussing differences of opinion and talk about um, finding medium ground <laughs> yeah. to agree or then agree to disagree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's live. So we have no idea how it's going to go. But yeah, we have no idea how it's going to go. So uh, feel free to type in your questions, your comments. You can even come on video. Uh, the link is in the um, the scrolling bar at the bottom. So you can just uh, click on that and, and then come and chat with us. So, so our guests are here. So it's Stephen Duris and Ivan LaBelle. They're already with us. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, just by the way, the show is called Man to Man. Men talk man to man. That's, that's what I. <laughs> that's okay. I don't know why I had that in my mind. Sorry. Well, because it's the support group. That's yes. Oh, yeah. Men that's... talk, and our TV show is Man to Man. Man to Man, right? Yeah. So okay. actually, the support group—that's a good thing. So just kind of give a little information about that quickly. All yeah. right. So for guys out there who need some support or want to find out that you're not alone in whatever you're living. Uh, we have uh, groups from 5.30 to 7.30 every Wednesday night at the Santa Sante, which is situated on 9th in Sydney, across from the beer store next to the Glengarrian in that corner there. So uh, it's you just show up. It's quite easy. Um, you sign a consent form that what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas, and that's about it. You show up and support others. Anything you want to add to that, Steve? Uh, just it's a fun night also. We do have a lot of laughs, a lot of serious stuff, but... We do have our laughs and we do uh, become real guys. You know, like there's nothing off the table. We love to razz each other, but we're very serious in what we do. And there's no like age limit. It's like 18 and over or is it even? 
younger you? 18 and over, but most of our people are in their 30s. So we've had some younger people come in and uh, it's just not, a lot of it's just not the right fit. They're more than welcome to come and try, mm -hmm. but we have not had all that much success with like, let's say under 25. I'm just going to correct Steve. They're not mostly in their 30s. The youngest ones are mostly in their 30s. Most of our men are somewhere in their 50s, 60s. You know, 70s. <laughs> that's interesting because you would think that the stigma would be less in younger people and that well, there would be more younger people going. I, I don't think it's a stigma. It's that, uh, that our group, because we're older, we talk differently than most of the kids today. Uh -huh. And so I have a friend that doesn't live far from me. He came for a few of the the, the evenings and he said he just doesn't fit in because we're just it's like a young kid hanging around with old men mm -hmm. and wow. weird, but at the same time it's truthful <laughs> yeah i think the more young people we get the more young people want to come in because then there's always something to relate nobody wants to be well i'm the only one you know what i mean right so yep. um cohesion in a group is the minute you identify with someone else you go oh, yeah me too well he's same age as me he knows what i'm talking about and that's the power of a support group is identifying with the power of a support group is identifying with another who's going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to be 72 and 19 and go, yeah, we're going through the same thing now. Not, not like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and the show man talk, um, tell us a little bit about that. And the show man to man. <laughs> well, it's it's pretty well that Steve and I get have guests and we speak man to man. So um, the format is pretty simple. We talk to the people, usually the men about, you know, their, their past their childhood and then their passion, their career path and then mental health challenges that they may have may have or can relate to. Um, and in there, Steve and I do our thing. We try to have a few laughs and pick on one another a little bit. And uh, if you tune in to the show, uh, we probably have a fan club of 12, 14 people by now. <laughs> no, we're getting recognized. It's pretty good, eh, Steve? <laughs> yeah, it's nice that we were in Tim Hortons one day and a gentleman came up and said, you're the guys from the show. I said, oh my God, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it is kind of cool. It's, uh, yeah. you know, Ivan, for example, always wanted to be replaced Johnny Carson. He's, on, he's doing it on a smaller scale, much smaller, but he's doing it. <laughs> there you go. It's all about following your dreams. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like Julie and I too. Like you know, over the years now we're known as the Seeker Chicks, and it's cool when you go somewhere and someone goes, "We know you," and we're going, "You do." <laughs> Oh, we my, don't know my, you. My kids have a blast sometimes. Like I, I was at the gas station pumping gas, and this lady came and she's, "Oh, you're the lady from the magazine, huh?" And like my kids are like, "Mom, you're famous." Nah, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> Maybe a little. I'm not sure I got that magazine. Oh, oh, the secret magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think one, one of the things that gets me is I'll be in with with Mary or even by myself and be walking and I see people walking towards me and you know they're going to say hello to you uh -huh. and you don't know if they know you from <laughs> what you've done or whatever or you actually know them and you know like we, we were at the uh, we picked up some trees down at Limuru Park one day this lady's walking towards me and I said to Mary I know this lady I don't know where the heck I know where from but she's going to say hi to us. So I very casually smiled back. Hi, how are you? A little bit of conversation kept going. And I, it was only about three weeks later that I met her someplace else. I said, now I know who you are. And I had to explain to her the reason I didn't introduce her because I didn't know who the heck she was. It's hard. Or worse, when they come to you because they know you from whatever the magazine or whatnot, and 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 they come and talk to you as if they know you, but you yeah. you have no idea yeah. who they are. <laughs> like, oh, I feel so bad. Popularity gets to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we're a little bit in <coughs> uncharted territories this morning because we're doing this for the first time, all of us, and we're not sure where it's going to be going, but we're winging it. Fake it till you make it, right, my lease? <laughs> yeah, and it's completely live, so. 
anything can happen, but we won't make anything really bad happen. <laughs> so um, well, that means our, we can't swear because we can't edit it out, right? Um, that's right. But you know, well, this Julia, is the internet. Careful. Yeah, Julia. <laughs> Thank you. Julia has a bit of a, a potty mouth <laughs> on her. I, I swear, like a sailor. <laughs> Must have been a fisherman in my other life or something. It's funny, Julia. I was watching a video of uh, Brené Brown last week, and she will refuse to give a talk if she's not allowed to cuss or talk about <laughs> spirituality. So it's like, yeah, that's okay, but you're going to need to get somebody else because she might cuss and she might talk about spirituality. So I think, uh, yeah, being congruent, knowing that's the way I am and that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm sorry if, uh, you know, this is not PG-13 people. So, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, if, if kids are watching, you, they're your kids. <laughs> Make sure they're not there. Um, so we're going to be talking about um, the family unit <clears throat> and how different it is from back in the day to today. Because we're different generations, eh? Yeah, oh, we have three, well, three different three? age groups pretty well. Well, kind of three, eh, Ivan? <laughs> kind of. Kind of three. So we we're, have... We're not, we're not that... Yeah. Between us, we're a generation. There's like 20 years from the youngest to the oldest, 20-some mm -hmm. years maybe. So we all have a little bit of influence on what was going on at that yeah, period of time. Yeah, so we've, we've got in our 50s, I'm not saying who's who, and I, I'm not saying anything. And we got gonna wash 50s, your mouth with soap. We've got in our 60s and we've got in our 70s. We're not, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. So, so I'm gonna wash like, your mouth with soap. You know, they used well, I gotta to do, do the that. reverse. They used, they used to do that back in the day. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> We're all confused. Okay. We're not sure which way we're going. But it's like backing up a trailer, eh, Steve? You gotta <laughs> watch the wheels. Watch the wheels. Good morning, Gail. Good morning, Gail. We have uh Gail lis listening in to us. So hopefully oh. Gail might come on and say something. But anyway, so yeah, we're talking about the family unit and how it's changed. And like I say, we have 50s, 60s, and 70s. So hopefully we may get somebody calling or commenting who might be 20 or 30 or 40 just to get some different input because mm -hmm. the family unit has certain cha certainly changed and and um raising kids is is completely different back from what it was back then like i mean i remember growing up in the 80s it was uh you know and it's funny because my kids are watching stranger things now which is taking place in the 80s and and they're looking at all that and like mom was it really like that back in the day? You know, you just took your bike and left for the entire day and didn't come back until, you know, and your parents could not track you with your phone. <laughs> or like, you, yeah, or the, it was like that. Or the, or the GPS on your phone. <laughs> like, the whole bit. We, we didn't even have phones. I know. I, mean, I, I didn't have a phone. Now, yeah. Nigel, when the traditional french canadian family so my father came from a family they're originally 16 in the family Hi. and at one point it's the older kids taking care of the younger kids because you mm -hmm. can only do so and this is like during the depression and wartime and all all the good stuff that went on historically back then um <clears throat> that family unit had to be totally different than what we know today there was no uh you grew up fast my dad was a merchant marine at uh, at 15 and in the army at 17. Oh, wow it wasn't like today where uh, they're gaming in the basement at 32. You know? <laughs> 32 and I'm not a... making a generalization. I'm saying there are some, maybe, perhaps. <clears throat> and to yeah. support that, just to support that, last week I was talking to someone from the city who was telling me they're having trouble having finding employees that they haven't had anybody apply. And I don't remember a time where no one applied for this, like didn't apply for city jobs, and they're having a hard time getting employees. So wow. for job. Applied to the city folks. Uh, there's jobs out there. The students are doing lots of it now, but I mean, it's not the same thing, right? So, well, yeah, yeah the, the students are starting to get ready to go back to school soon. So, yeah. well, actually, not back to school. What am I talking about? We're yeah, in June. Yeah, they're just come. They're just finishing school. Let's do the time warp again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> they were done last week. They're getting ready to go back. <laughs> Actually, some are just finishing today. Some of the schools are 
Chloe yeah. Vegas. I know my little brother said he's. Uh, I don't know why they're bringing us into school on Monday to tell us we're on a holiday after that. It's just like a, a waste of a day. So I said, just to make sure you don't get a long weekend before you start your holidays. You know, you just don't get it. But you're talking about the going back. I was, I grew up in the 50s. So like as a kid playing outside in the 50s was a big difference from now because you don't see kids outside playing or rarely, very, very rarely. And I just love the, when I think back of the times that we had back then, we would go out in the morning and come back at night for God's sakes. And everybody's parent took care of everybody's kid. Yep. If you, if one went in for dinner and you had to have three other ones in the backyard, you fed them. They didn't have a lot of food, but they, they shared it, which was, I don't know if they still do it today. My, <laughs> my son's 42, so it's hard to say what's happening in today's generation. Yeah. You say that, and all I can think of, Steve, is the big thing of freshie that probably costs like seven cents to make. You know? <laughs> and the homemade popsicles made from freshie, sugar, more sugar. Come on. <laughs> well, we used to go for picnics. Uh, my one of my, my my oldest friend, actually, not in age, but in years, we've known each other since we were uh, two. So it means that uh, seventy-one years we've been friends. And we used to go up and buy five cents of bologna. I'm just going to go for a second. Julia's calling. Just one second. Okay. <laughs> Talk amongst and yourself. We, we go and get five cents of bologna oh. and two bread rolls and sit up on a wall and have a picnic. And that was our time. <laughs> so, okay, Ivan, we, we can take over the show now. Since, like, seems like yeah, right. This concludes today's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyways back in the i mean you said 50s me it was like late 60s early 70s and i'd be playing outside and that kind of stuff and i mean uh, i think it was the best of times what makes me sad is that there's less and less forest for people to play in. i mean we played in the bush and streams all the time no matter where i lived there was forest to go into there was you could you know, you could like we moved to St. Andrews later on and fish on the Raisin River. But I mean, there was lots of spaces that I don't know who they belonged to, but you would just fish there. You hike there. You do whatever. And now there's, you know, unless you go to like Grace Creek, or the, you don't you don't trespass on people's land and make a picnic in the middle of the bush anymore. <laughs> kid or not a kid. So uh, it's, it's definitely different times. So actually, Julia's internet went down, so she's going to be back as soon as she gets it back. So that's, you never know what's going to happen when you're doing right. a live show. So that's what she was, she couldn't Facebook or text me or any other way she had to call because she had no internet. But yeah, I remember too, when we were younger, we had, uh, I'm from England. So at the bottom of the garden, we had like a big uh, playhouse shed kind of thing. And all the kids in the neighborhood would come there. We'd play out all day. We'd play school. We'd play all kinds of stuff. Nobody had a computer, so we didn't sit in front of that all day. We just used our imaginations, right? And like you were saying, if the neighborhood kids were over, everybody got fed. Yeah. I think the kids today are missing so, so much by not having those friendships. Like I say, yep. my oldest friend, in like 71 years, we've been friends. I don't think, and I, I'm going to base this on my son, who is a gamer like every other kid, you know, or I call him a kid, he's 43. But <laughs> they, there you have it, right there. <laughs> we're still playing games, you yeah. know, like, you know, I, I don't like games, period. But uh, they don't, all his friends from childhood, he doesn't see, doesn't talk to. Whereas I was out yesterday with my, other oldest friend who I've known for 70 years. So it's like the, the kids today are not going to have that going forward. And it's something no. that's going to be really, really missed, I think. But again, you don't miss what you never had. Yeah. Well, Everything's about relationship. I mean, you know, our, our mothers used to give us a couple of blankets and clothespins and you, you'd convert the picnic table into a yeah, submarine or a helicopter <laughs> or a tent or, you know, if someone bought a fridge and you played with that box till it, yeah. till it got rained on, like it just imaginations. I think, you know, we use more of it now. Now there's, I mean, they get lots of stimulation for the imagination, but I mean, we may do with whatever, everything was an adventure, you know, I'd watch a Tarzan movie and I'd go swim from a rope and find out that that burns when you slide down. You know what I mean? Like, so the times are different. Uh, we well, I, I, 
I remember at one point we were in the back of in the in the garden and we were digging a hole because we were determined to get down to Australia. We were going, you know, it's like that. <laughs> I, I still remember that film. What were we thinking? We had to go through what to get there, <laughs> but we were going. Yeah, I remember there was an era where we dig and you, you find like clay, but it wasn't like refined clay, you know what I mean? But we. We made pottery out of that. I mean, it was crack in the sun, but everybody was making pottery and jars, you yeah. know, birds' nests. And yeah, it kept us busy for a day, you know, or uh, go karts. I don't know if Steve, you made go karts, but anything that had wheels lost their wheels that summer because everybody with whatever old baby carriages or lawnmower wheels or nothing was wasted. Like, you just made fun out of whatever you had. Another thing too, back in the day, I and I and I, it's going to sound like a generalization. The kids were not wusses, and today I find you know the kid gets a little scratch on their knee, they're going home crying and everything else. We would get like I got scars on my legs and everything else that I got ripped open and still kept outside playing. If I went home yep. crying, it was like okay, clean me up, get the hell back outside, and you know go do it. Today, you know, like the, the kids bump their toes and they, they're off school for a week with a toes. That's Steve saying that, okay, folks? Don't don't get angry. It's so true. It's like I just yeah. I, I look at them and say, My God, what are we raising? We're raising kids that are not um gonna be responsible when they get older. Well now 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 you have you know uh a, a wasp or somebody flies near somebody and then they like throw their cell phone and yell and scream and run away and it's like a little it'll wasp like you yeah. know just don't make so much movement and so much noise they'll go away but my sister nearly drowned us because of a bee one time <laughs> we were out on the lake in a canoe and this bee come by and she stood up and my grandmother actually pushed her out of the canoe and survival of the fittest. Yeah. It's either her or all of us. And so, you know, we dragged her back in, but my sister never screamed and yelled after that. It was like, yeah. I don't remember being sunscreened from head to toe as a kid at all. Like, I don't, that, uh, yeah. But, you know, it was, you got that first burn, you peeled, you were proud of the peeling, <laughs> it was fun to peel. You know, we drank from the hose and. Okay, you know, who's going to peel my shoulders for me? Yeah, is, yeah, uh, but but now the kids don't even get sun because they're inside talking to each other on their cell phones, playing games over the internet, or what or whatever they do. What what they're doing too is talking to each other beside each other on their phones. For God's sake, <laughs> and it, it just drives me completely wild. You go into a restaurant and it's you know you got these younger people i don't say yep. kids because they're, they're younger people they're sitting at a table four at a table four cell phones out and they're all texting things and they're laughing about it like, i just want to remind remind you all that you know at one point the beatles music was seen as devil music and they had record burning you know what i mean and, and <laughs> young people were dancing the jitterbug in the 40s they were judged too as they're possessed and so you know we always think the next generation is a little loopy but we were the Whatever in our generation, too. Like, oh, that, kids I was going to say on that. On that, I was going to say like they're, they're sitting at the same table and they're not talking to each other. Yeah. And that's the big thing is they're they're losing the weight of conversation. Yeah. And it you know conversation we all need it because it helps heal us. You know, there, there's yeah. yeah, it's all about the relationship for sure. But I mean. You know, back in your day, Steve, there, according to what I saw on TV, like, you know, on a Friday, people would go to a friend's place, play records and dance. Like, I don't think people do that anymore. I don't I, I don't think guys and girls dance in someone's house anymore, you know, like. Uh, no, no, they don't. They my don't. parents always used to have, my stepfather and mother always had, like, for parties going on someplace. You know, and uh, we used to go to dances. Do they still have uh, dances, like in halls for kids? Yeah. Well, I know pre-COVID, Sheldon is a DJ. My my hubby's a DJ, so we used to um, do dances at Citadel once a 
once a month on Fridays, we did the uh, Citadel dance and all the kids from the different schools come. But of course, COVID kind of changed that drastically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were supposed to try and start that back up, but they haven't because of the situation. So yeah, we, we did that once a month and you'd have lots of kids coming together, having fun, hanging out. A lot of them dance too. But I don't know if anybody's doing that right now because of COVID. We, we used to do the, we used to have a dance at the, there's an old fire department in the area that I've been to Montreal and downstairs they had to dance every Friday night. It mm -hmm. started at seven o'clock and closed at 11. And, you know, it would cost you, I think at the time, 25 cents to get in. Wow. And you, you went in and you danced all night and it was fun because you, you know, once you had your hands stamped, you could go in and out after smokes as much as you wanted. We all smoked at the time and it's like, but I still have memories of, you know, certain girls in the corner you want to dance with, you go over and dance. Do the kids still, that, that, it, it's something they should have now for the kids, like on a weekly basis, they get them together rather than, yeah. rather than this. Yeah, well, that that's what the school dance at Citadel was doing. People were, I mean, some were sitting in the corner doing this, but others were hanging out and dancing. And it was fun to watch them in, interact with each other. But again, if, I don't even, know if that's starting up again or not because of COVID. Even for adults, like, so my dad was a member of the Legion because he had served. And, and I mean, and everybody else, right, post-war. So the Legion was like a really good place to socialize. And mm -hmm. they'd go out. Like every weekend, there was a dance at the Legion. I don't think there's dances for adults anymore. Like, I, you know, I don't go with my spouse dancing on the weekend unless it's karaoke somewhere and there's a little dance floor we can dance. But, I mean, there's no dance hall as such for any generation right now. I, I and Locally, I don't I don't think, unless you're, I know friends, like you know, whatever they do, salsa or la bachata or whatever, and there's specific places they mm -hmm. go at, but not locally, not here. I don't think Maybe so. That's what we should start again. I polish yeah. my dancing shoes. Yeah, I want to see uh, Ivan doing the salsa. <laughs> well, Mary, no, last, yeah. last year, Mary and I started taking uh, lessons uh, at the Benson Center to do the rumba. And then it got shut down because of COVID and COVID yeah. and other stuff. But uh, we're, we've talked about going back to do it again. Once our lives quiet down a little bit more, it's like, but I think I like to get back to the subject of then and 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 now. So I remember going, when I was studying in school, I remember they were talking about traditional family versus nuclear family. So the nuclear family is kind of what I had with my children, like, you know, mother, father, yeah. couple kids, nuclear family traditional one grandma still live with you and all and i think it's coming back to that doing full circle for those of you that remember the 70s all in the family archie bunker you know like the in-laws that his daughter and his son-in-law lived in the house too that was more traditional so there was people stayed with you until they were ready to move off like to something else and i think that's happening again probably not motivated by the same reasons but i mean uh, you know, the price of real estate and all that. So we're, I think we're going to see a return of traditional families where more people are living together in the same household. Oh, we're seeing that now. Yeah. Well, I know whenever I was young, um, my great, my <laughs> way back and whatever, we're not saying ages here, not saying ages, but yeah, I mean, it was the, for us, it was a traditional family too, mom, dad, three kids. And then my great grandmother used to come and visit, stay with us for about a few days. Then she would move and go to my, my aunt's house for a few days and then she would go back home. So that was kind of, that was what we were used to, but I mean, that wasn't always normal either. But mm -hmm. she, my great grandmother was what, 90 and she'd get bored. So she would just move around and come and stay with all of us. <laughs> But I, that's not normal either. I don't know. But what is a normal family unit? Like, what is your family unit now? There's so many variations, right? Dare we touch that subject? <laughs> There's a lot of variations. Before it was, you know, like when uh, when I was married for the first time with my my wife, we had my my son, and so. But again, back then, when I was not working. 
we had a, a family life. But back when, uh, with my fir first marriage, the, the, the tradition was for the man to do everything, work mm -hmm. every time. The women very seldom went out. And I remember I was talking to Mary about this the other night. Today I would be classed as a real chauvinist because I kind of laid down the law to Sandra at the time that you're not working, you're staying home. You're going to raise, raise him. I did it for, not because of chauvinist, because she was raised by her grandmother because her mother had to work because her father had died young. And I was raised by my mother. So I knew what it was like having a mother at home. And I remember telling her, you're going to stay home because I want him to have what you missed. And so she stayed home with him. And it was good for him because he got to know the family life, got to know his mother. And being raised by that one person was great for him. But it, we lived in Quebec. By the time that she was ready to go back to work, she couldn't get a job because she didn't speak French. So she oh, ended okay. up change provinces and everything else. So maybe some things would have been done differently. But today, women have to work all the time because of the cost of everything, the, the cost of living today compared to when, you know, I bought my first house, it cost me $28,000. Try and buy one for that now. Wow. You buy the outhouse at the corner. And you know, it's I, I'm not even sure if you can get that anymore. And I, and I remember going to Vancouver, and at the time, like I we had a home, like I said, twenty eight thousand dollars for a three bedroom bungalow on uh, one hundred and fifty by one hundred and fifty lot in, in in Montreal. And I remember going to Vancouver, and a piece a, a shack was at the time about ninety thousand. So who could ever pay something for that? Now it's like you know, you're buying. Uh, they beat up trailer for 150,000. So it's <laughs> but life was different, life was easier, I think. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't. We retained what was good. I mean, uh, mid 70s, the height of inflation was there too, like and with the gas crisis and all that in 76. So, so times were tough there, high interest rates, all that kind of stuff. I mean, we tend to remember what was good about stuff, but there was periods when I mean, if you were the you were the child. I mean, you weren't aware of it more than that, really. But your parents were probably struggling. There's always something. There always seems to be something. I, I can't imagine, you know, wartime and you have, like, my grandmother had, like, probably, like, three sons overseas. At, you know, like, who's coming back and all you know, that kind of stress. Um, my mother, I remember telling me that there was dances in Cornwall. And you were encouraged to go dance with the guys that were going to be leaving to go overseas and she told me like lots of them didn't come back you know and uh i mean it was a whole different era yeah i mean we didn't we didn't see that i mean i i got to a peek at the vietnam war but i mean we were on the canadian side watching that but it was on the news and uh it was yeah horrific no we definitely on. have a good because my my mom and dad uh from estonia and they came, like, through the Second World War, they ended up leaving Estonia. They were both 11 years old. Children, they left kind of like what's happening in the Ukraine right now, which is really scary. My, my mom can't watch that because of the situation they went through. But again, I mean, they were 11. They were children. They were leaving their homeland with, like, whatever was in their suitcases, going to, they had no idea where they would end up. Like, that's tough. Yeah. So now it's like our lives are not well, nothing like that, you know. There was no child labor laws till the late 30s. So my yeah. my parents, my dad was working in a slaughterhouse at 11. My mother was washing floors at the Hotel du Hospital at 11 years, 11, 12 years old. Uh, I mean, today we don't ask them to take out the garbage just too much, you know. So I I know that you know the brain's maturing differently and all that, but it it was a heck of a time. You grew up fast then, you know, and I mean. Young young men were in charge of you know planes and boats and all this kind of stuff, and now we have a uh, transitional driver's license, and yeah. I get all the other stuff. I mean, you know, there's more cars on the road and all that. My dad told me his driver's test, like someone was standing in a field. Okay, drive there, drive there, drive there. Okay, back up. Okay, okay, here you go. <laughs> you know, like things. Now you got to take these. You know, 
driver's ed and same same thing with motorcycles. I mean, back in the day, you just said, yeah, I can ride. And well, when I, when I got my driver's license, when I got my driver's license in 1970, uh, I passed it on a Volkswagen Beetle. And uh, I went to Verdun in Quebec to get it. And the guys, guy wanted to be paid off. And he told me, you failed, you can't park. It took me two times to parallel park. So he says, you can't park. So I went to another licensed bureau and I told him, this is what. So the guy took me around the blocks and there was no cars parked on the street. He says, pull in. So I pulled in. He says, there's nothing wrong with your parking. And so, okay, geez, thanks. He said, what kind of license do you want? I said, I want to drive. Do you want a tractor trailer license? I said, sure. So I got my tractor trailer license at 20 years old. And I never Driving a VW. Yeah. <laughs> and parking, and parking, that was good. Parallel parking on an empty street. That's good, too. Yeah. And, and they, they give me the uh, what they called in Quebec a chauffeur's license, which meant you could drive whatever vehicle you want to drive. And so uh, I, it, it was crazy. Today, like, you, if you want to drive tractor trailer, you got to take courses. You got to do everything. Yeah. And, you know, you got to and you got to be a little bit nuts to drive them today with all the rules yeah. and regulations. But uh, that's so let's talk about that. How much more safety precautions there is for everything? My my mom took me home, right? And when, uh, I guess it was in 1964. No, wouldn't have been 64. I was born in 62, so probably a 58 Chev or whatever. Metal dash, oh, and I sat on her that. lap, and Dad drove us home. <laughs> now they're strapped in. Whatever. I think they're facing the other way now. I'm not sure, but they're strapped in. You can't move. You know, like so many things. I remember playing Papamatic Trouble in the back of my cousin's, my aunt's station wagon there. You'd be four guys sitting there on the highway. But the best one, listen to this. In 1972, 72 or 73, the only trip we ever took, we went to Gaspé. Now, my sister and I were in the back of my dad's pickup. It had a box on it, but not not a camper, just just those like boxes on top of a, the pickup on, on those aluminum lawn chairs and when he'd stop we'd slide back and then back all the way to gas bay lawn chairs in the back truck no seat belts no nothing and it wasn't against the law and that's that's how much they cared for us. I, I, I can top that story ivan my uh my dad had it again in england but he had one of these vans where the motor was like in the front but there was like a, a hump yeah yeah because it was nice and warm so i sat on that and at one point, my dad put the brakes on. I slid right underneath at his feet. He picks me back up, puts me there, continues driving. Yeah. No seatbelt, nothing. Yeah. But that's not, that can't happen anymore. My, my dad used to um, sit me in the steering wheel when I was like a baby. <laughs> like he would put my legs inside the steering wheel yeah. and he would drive with me on there. Like. It was leaving insane. a free hand for his beer. <laughs> <laughs> or I would just hold it. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. My dad used to have these little shot glasses and he would like, my dad was a drinker. He liked his beer every day. He would have his beer. Anyways, he would, he would take this little shot glass and he'd give me my little glass of beer. Like, I mean, <laughs> God damn it. If you did that today. Yeah. My, my grandfather, my, my mother and my grandmother wanted to go shopping one time. I don't know if it was around Christmas or what. I don't remember time of the year. So my grandfather, who was a drinker, offered to take care of my sister and I. Well, my mom come home. My sister and I were both drunk sitting at the table with him because he would pour his beer and pour us each a glass. And we're sitting there smoking and drinking oh, beer. God. My mother and my grandmother come in. And like we were what <clears throat> eight nine years old, you know, who would do that today? And he oh seen no harm in it at all. Yeah, and, you know. But but my grandfather and I had a very special uh, relationship. You know, he would talk to me. I I don't know if parents would talk to their kids the way that he used to talk to me. And it's one of the things that he said I could never repeat again. But he would. To him, it was nothing. He would pot, prime us up with beer and cigarettes, and he would even get even a bottle of beer to the dog, so the dog would be drunk too. Yeah. I remember having a monster dog staggered down the street, staggering all over the place, bouncing into walls, 
because boxers apparently love beer. And he would just pour it into them, this lady. But my grandpa pour it, into the, pour it into the dog food bowl, yeah. Yeah. And the uh, dog oh. And you mentioned you mentioned smoking. Oh, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. I remember my, my the boxer got drunk one time and we had a hutch in the kitchen and my grandmother's house and the dog went under there. The dog had a hangover the next day. And I swear <laughs> to God, my grandmother's taking a pot and she would go buy him. She says, I'm gonna teach him a lesson, he'll never drink again. Like <laughs> he would take a pot and she would bang it. And you can see the dog close its eyes like, oh, my gosh, she's coming back again. And she never moved from under the hutch the whole day. He was hungover. Yeah. Are you going to say something there? I, I think I think we better read, do not try this at home on the bottom of the video. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the smoking thing, I mean, that definitely changed, you know. You'd be inside a car, the windows rolled up in the winter, and uh, the parents would be smoking, and you just breathe that in. But I, the worst, I remember going stags at McDonald's Inn, like early seven, and it would be blue. Like, you couldn't see mm -hmm. 10 feet. They'd be just, and you'd want to come home and burn your clothes because it just smelled cigarette. Even, I was a non-smoker, but stags and receptions, that's, it was like a cloud. You'd bingo walk halls. Bingo oh, yeah. halls. Yeah. yeah. My mom used to take me to the bingo and oh my God, like it was so full of smoke. You couldn't see a, in front yeah. of you. couldn't see your cards. It was like so, <laughs> so full of smoke. Like it's, it, it was a, yeah, different era for sure. Well, my mom what? told me when she was flying on a plane, like on an airplane, everybody smoked. You yeah. can't open a window or anything, but, and it was completely, you're choking for the whole ride. I actually, uh, Many years ago when I was in England, I took a train and the only spot was the smoking area left on the train. And I'm going, how how, how bad can it be, right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this is okay. You know, 10 minutes into the ride, I'm good. There's lots of fresh air. I spent the whole hour in the little hallway with my nose out the window because it was blue, like you said. How did we do it? It was blue. I don't know how we did it. Because my both my parents were smokers, heavy smokers too. too. Like I grew up with my my. Like there was always smoking in my house. I, I started smoking at eleven. Wow! Oh, jeez. And uh, it was I had was stealing cigarettes out of my mother's package, and she says, "Well, if you're going to smoke, you're going to buy your own." Mm. And uh, I don't want you running around hiding behind me. So, at eleven years old, I was allowed to smoke in the house. And I remember, I, Steve. I, I remember people. It was always the question: Do you have your permission? <laughs> I got my permission. I, I people that would smoke. They were fourteen. I, I got my permission. Like, <laughs> the badge of honor of some kind. <laughs> I remember sitting watching a hockey game, watching Montreal Canadiens hockey game. My grandfather back, you know, like in the in the early sixties, and we'd be smoking side by side, and the ashtray be overflowing by the end of the game, and it was like, oh my god. Like, but it was even in, in romantic films, they'd embrace and there'd be the smoke coming out between <laughs> the two of them. And that was like seen as sultry uh, I, hot stuff. I, I haven't smoked in nearly 20 years. And now when I go near somebody, whether they're smoking or not, I could smell it on them. And mm. I find it so yeah. repulsive. That it's unbelievable. It baffles me how we ever thought that this was a good idea. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> One of the things I find today, and maybe it's I, I'm wrong, I don't know, but I look at it, I find there's more girls smoking, young girls smoking than there's yeah. guys. And, you know, I look at it, and I never found um, girls smoking attractive. I went out with a, a girl that was a ballerina for the uh, Canadian and we were walking along St. Catherine Street in Montreal, and I was a smoker. So I'm smoking away, and all of a sudden, I look over at her, and she had a cigarette. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm having a cigarette. You're smoking, I'm smoking. I said, okay. I took her home, never even called her back again. <laughs> so that's it. And when I had to, I met her one day, she said, what happened? I said, you're a smoker. She said, well, you smoke. I said, no, but you're not a smoker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I've always been opinion. Be careful now. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, opinion. 
<laughs> well, so far, Steve, they're allowed. You're allowed to work. They're not allowed to work outside. I love you're allowed to smoke. They're not allowed to. Oh, smoke. Did happen while I was gone? <laughs> that was a, that was a lot going on while you were gone. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to watch the replay. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about the amount of drinking in, in the culture in films. Like even watching Bewitched, they always came home had a drink right away. Oh yeah, PSD or any of those shows. But the best one I saw was Marcus Welby. I don't know if people remember that he was a doctor marcus well bmd and he goes to consult another doctor and the office is just outside they go into the private office you know there's clients waiting outside and they pull out a, a snifter and each have a drink <laughs> they're having to talk and this machine is like yeah yeah that's that's what we do and like you look at that stuff now and go wow but people were more chill I, i'm not saying it was a good thing but you know they seem to be more relaxed. Oh, all the time. office well, space! Like any any boss had a bar in their office yeah. space. You know, yeah. it was yeah. it was. Yeah, you drank on the well, job. That was well, well even what, what is, fashionable. Uh, one of the things that gets me today, and it's, uh, it's I, I'm calling it with my knuckles wrapped for this one, is the young girls or women in general. When I was growing up, you never seen a woman's bra straps. They were sacred. They were. <laughs> and, you know, you never, never knew what color bra a girl was wearing, and you know, unless you really got, got lucky, got into bed. Then but, came Madonna. But today, you know, you're walking down the street. You got all these young girls and, and women. It's not only young girls; it's women and everything else. Their bra straps hanging out, and you know, to me, it's like, well, wait a minute. Is there nothing sacred anymore? I don't want you to know what color my underwear is, so why should I know what yours is? Guilty. <laughs> I, like I, I don't care. Like my my bra straps show. I don't care. It's just like maybe it's just I don't know. It's just like yeah. Uh, uh, I guess I'm lazy. <laughs> and the guys that wear the wrapper pants, Steve. I think we see their underwear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Some... <laughs> yeah, but when, when remember... I see that, I feel like going up and pulling them yeah. down, and walking away. <laughs> Now, now, one thing that I remember was when the girls wore thongs. The thong bit had to hang. The pants were down. The thong thing was up. I'm like, how can yeah. they even wear that thing? But why do they need to show it? That's even worse than a bra strap, I think. I won't make a comment about Steve's underwear then. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work with that bacon always. elastic at the top, sexy dude. <laughs> pants down around his hips all the time like you're talking about Ivan and I would walk in <laughs> and I come at look at him and I used to go up to the counter all the time I don't know how many times I, I, I ankled his drawers on him in the, in the driver's lounge and at the end he says to me now I'm wearing suspenders yeah. <laughs> but styles change. I mean, if you look at films from the 40s, and Humphrey Bogart's got you know his pants are here, like I mean, they had like 18 inch zippers on those things. I mean, you know, things will continually change because you know we need we need growth and economy. So whatever's working now is going to change again. And every generation thinks the next style is a crazy one, but uh, you know, I'm kind of trying to figure out how we got from drinking. To underwear, I'm I'm kind of trying. Well, to see that's usually how it works, works my least. You go from drinking <laughs> okay, to underwear. Okay, <laughs> well, someone wrote in the chat, Louise is wearing a bra together, and, and yeah, in the mid '70s, there were the liberation, and yeah, there was a period where you, the 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 what was it called, Jingle TV, or you know the uh, the Charlie's Angels and Love Boat and all that series there. There was like, optional, optional. It's it's yeah. bras are overrated, if you ask me. I. Yeah, the girls have to be free sometimes. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I am knocking it actually. Um, <laughs> it, no, but seriously, a, do you know how uncomfortable that is? I just don't want. I just don't want to see them. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, I just find like it's it's not something I should be seeing. <laughs> Close your eyes. Look away. Well, yeah, look, look away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so yeah, that no. being said, Steve, what about public uh, displays of affection? I remember my dad yelling at a couple making out on the sidewalk, get a room or something like that. I'm like, <laughs> how do you feel about that, Steve? If you're going to kiss your girlfriend or your wife or whatever, and you're going to show affection, go for it. 
I don't say stand there in the corner and like grind and go on. Grind and go on. If I'm leaving my wife on the street corner and I'm going someplace and she's going someplace, I'm going to kiss her goodbye. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm not, we're not going to make out on the sidewalk. Put it that way. It's a, you know, there, there's a limit to everything. Although, you know, you're going to look at the young kids, they're going to do what we did as kids. You know, wherever you could get, you're going to get, hang in there. And it's, you know. But I, I think, I don't know. I know that coming from Quebec, um, and my, the stories my mom would tell me uh, about how she grew up, um, like you're saying public display of affection, that affected more than just couples. Like even children were not getting affection from their parents back then. Yeah. It was like you didn't show any love. What was that about? <laughs> uh, I think like for myself, I know when my son was growing up, or when he was very small, and I guess I got that from my family. When we were out, it was up to my mother, my mother, his mother, to, if he got hurt or something, it was her that took care of him. The father kind of stayed away. Yeah. I was more or less there in case it was very serious, put him in a car and take him to the hospital or whatever. But it was more up to the mother to take care of the kids. So showing the affection wasn't there. And although now, like I, you know, like I said, my son's 43 years old. I just went and visited him down at Prince Edward Island and, as soon as he comes out the door, we. <laughs> You're funny, Stephen. Funny. <laughs> you know, when, when as soon as he come out the door, if the two of us got our arms around each other, hugging him, I kiss him. And whereas if you go back in the, the 70s, early, early 80s, I would never have done that if he was his age is now. But things mm -hmm. have changed. I'm not afraid to show him my yeah. Okay, and, and then here's the other thing that's changed. Dancing. Two girls can dance together. Now you're seeing guys dancing together. Well, my son is gay. And so when I see them at one point, and I had, and I was one of the worst gay bashers around until the day he came out. And then my whole perspective changed. It was either I accept it or I lose my son. And I wasn't going to lose my son. And I look at them and I remember him and kissing his boyfriend goodbye when I was picking him up. And, you know, the first time, really, like, ooh. After a while, it's like, it became the normal. And now it's normal to see it for me because I've been around him enough times. I think for everybody, when they learn something different, it's awkward. And, like I said, I had a choice. I, I either accept him the way he is or I lose him. Yep. And then I've seen him dancing. I've seen the other guys dancing. And... That part doesn't bother me. If you if you you got to be happy in your skin. If you yeah. don't want to dance with another woman, you don't. If I if I meet Ivan and we want to play around and go and dance, I'll dance with him. I don't care. <laughs> That's my opinion. Just take advantage of your partner. But, but I, you know, it's it's what you're, you're you're comfortable with and have fun. You know, like um, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying guys and girls on the whole like it's just yeah a well, bunch of guys will get together and dance where at one point you didn't well really yeah usually that. like back in my day <laughs> the girls were on the dance floor the guys yeah. were just watching yeah we're now, <laughs> what, what was that? yeah she might be but but now that now it's actually the last stag that we did, it, it kind of turned around because there was a lot of girls around the dance floor and the guys were dancing on the dance floor. It was kind of, it, that was weird. I Do mean, they yeah. still play slow songs that guys can get up and dance with the girls? Or is it just uh, um, this rap stuff? No, no, we play a lot of, we play slow songs too. Oh. Many societies of guys dance with guys and women dance with women, not new. No. I'm finding it's, it's a lot these days a lot more than it used to be 10 years ago even when i started djing with sheldon it okay oh yeah you would know because you you're seeing the the dj well, trend yeah because we've we've done it over 10 years i've been with them so i've seen different things even changing in Shuffling. that respect yeah 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 but but it's good because you know like with the lgbtq2 group it's made things a lot easier too for guys yep. to express themselves 
Yeah. Whereas before, you know, they were hanging hanging back, afraid to make a move. Exactly. Afraid, afraid to do stuff. And now, whereas girls, girls, it was a common for them to take and hug each other and uh, take and hold hands or whatever. And now, be, like I said, at 2LBGQ, they've loosened things up for everybody. They've even made mm -hmm. it easier for, for, for men in general. They, they give us a chance of place. And it's one of the reasons we were able to succeed in our groups because we're allowed to talk now. We're yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. And, and when we go back to the family, we were talking, you were saying that the, the mother was the uh, nurturer and yeah. the father was like stern and, and the discipline, right? So it, it was not allowed for guys to be vulnerable. And now it's opened it to um, everyone can, can have emotions, which is good, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess there's one phrase that sums it up that we probably most of us heard was wait till your father gets home. Yeah. <laughs> the roles were clearly oh, defined. God. It wasn't wait till your father gets home. He's going to give you a hug and a kid. No, 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 no. It was that other thing that you shouldn't yeah. have left the window playing baseball. Whereas now <laughs> it's the opposite. My husband always defers to me and my child calls me and says, mom, can I do this? Dad said it was okay, but can I do this? I'm like, well, your dad said it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, when I divorced my, my wife and my son would come to visit me, you know, he would come in and would ask for stuff and for me, want to satisfy him. I go out and buy him. Every, and then I get back and I get a call from her. Why did you buy him that? I told him you couldn't have it. So <laughs> we ended up sitting down one time and said, okay, before I do anything, I'm going to ask you. And then the next time he come in, he says, he's getting these little, um, like Rocket Robin Hoods dolls or whatever they were called at the time and uh action figures and uh he says i want this one here i said okay fine let's ask your mother and his face changed and after that he never asked for nothing anymore because he knew his mother i told him your mother and i talk and mm -hmm. i think that's where things change for yeah. me that we start talking it's important, it's important to have a united front for it sure is. The parents it is. Like, yeah support one another so the kids don't play behind your back that that, that is timeless i think oh yeah. yeah but i like i didn't have a father when i was younger so my mother was the one that did all the disciplining and i tell you my mother was five foot one and about 90 pounds but when she hit you she hit you <laughs> and well, that's when, a, that's another, thing, another thing you can't do no more <laughs> yeah. oh, they, but they should bring some of it back I'm sorry, um, but my, uh, I got accused one time of being bold to a, a gentleman, a Mr. Legault, which I wasn't because I was brought up never to respect the adults not to be bold to them. And uh, I remember I was out on the street with some of my friends and all of a sudden my mother comes flying at the door with a belt and she is whacking me across the back, across the legs, everything. And I... Ask her, what did I do? And then smack, smack, smack. You'll never do it again. I get in the house and then I'm sitting there crying for sure. And uh, all of a sudden, knock on the door. It's Mr. Lego. He says, I'm sorry, Mary, but it wasn't your boy did that. <gasps> oh. <laughs> so she said, well, he won't do it in the future anyways. <laughs> and never apologized. She never, ever apologized for discipline. And it was yeah. like parents didn't apologize. Way out. Yeah, I think we went from one extreme to another. Oh, yeah. And now I remember my well, my son was eight years, seven or eight. And um he came home and he had this note in his book bag. And I'm looking at it and I said, What is this? He goes, Oh, well, if you say anything to me that I don't like, or or if uh, you do anything that I don't like, the teacher told me to call this number. Oh, right there. And then you couldn't even discipline your kids anymore because they could call that number anytime. Yeah. And that came from school. My, my child um, threatened me with CAS one time. And I told him, pack your bags. I'm taking you myself. <laughs> that little bluff uh, didn't work. <laughs> I used to get threatened with going to Weardale House or Shawbridge, which was the detention center for boys in Montreal. And, you know, you're, we're going to bring you up the hill. And she, they would drive me by there every now and then just to show me how the kids were living. And I knew guys that were in there. They weren't that bad off. Come here. 
Well, yeah. guys, uh, time flies when you're having fun. It's already 11 o'clock, believe it or Especially not. So, what was that? Especially when you miss half of it. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, eh? Oh, gosh. Kojiko was down like four flat tires. Anyways, I'm glad it's back. <laughs> but I think uh, if anybody has some ideas, some subject ideas, too, it would be great for them to comment and let, you know, give us some subjects to discuss that they would like to hear discussed within reason, of course. But this one started off as one subject and went to many, many different things. And I think that's a great part of a conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. So just one last thing. I don't know if people out there remember of Alfred School Reformatory School Reform School for Boys, but that was a threat all the time. We're going to send you there. And I don't think there's any more of those schools anymore, but <laughs> that, that was the end all. Uh, parents would threaten you with that. It was the opposite side of the CAS. <laughs> well, I think right now there is still Lauren Crest, though. That's kind of yeah, it's, yeah, it's not anymore. They just oh, really? Well, well, they do they do different things, but they're they're no longer residents, and okay. and it wouldn't have been like the, I read stuff about Alfred, and not not the same place at all. Oh <laughs> no, Julia crashed again. Yeah. Oh my. So with that, I guess we're going to say our goodbyes. Well, usually what she does is we have a, a we have an I'm back for a second. He's back. Try and get the outro done. Then I will put the outro. So. Everybody have a good week and we'll see you next week. And with the boys, we'll see you in a month. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.